So Money Episode 191, Steve Chu. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey everyone, welcome to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. It is Tuesday, July 21st, 2015. And I uh, just want to say, remind you all that over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be requesting that my listeners write in to me with any suggestions for people who are categorically millionaires next door. This might be you. This may be someone you know. So Millionaires Next Door, I want to do a special week of spotlighting Millionaires Next Door, people who have a million dollars of net worth, no debt, obviously, uh, maybe a mortgage, but their net worth is a million dollars. And more importantly, they don't live the quote unquote millionaire lifestyle that we see glamorized on television and in the media and all throughout our pop culture. They're modest. They drive sensible cars. They do what they want to do with their money and they don't really brag about it. They're um, interesting people that have interesting financial philosophies. They worked hard to get to where they are. They have interesting stories to share. And again, this may be you and some of you have already written in. I think it's going to be fun to do a week of Millionaires Next Door. And I'm thinking that going forward, it might be even interesting to dedicate a whole week to other types of people. Maybe, um, I don't know, mompreneurs one week. Another week we could do millennials that are so money, millennials that are perhaps crushing their debt, starting businesses, not living with mom and dad. Although if you're living with mom and dad, I can't I can't blame you because that's sometimes a really smart thing to do. But uh, you know what I mean. Millennials who are ahead of the financial eight ball because so many of millennials are feeling stuck. So if there's inspiration that we can bring to the forefront on this podcast, I want to do that. So send me your ideas. Send me uh, your profile if you think you are a millionaire next door. I'd love to hear from you. My email is farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. Moving on to today's guest. Our guest today is Steve Chu. Back in 2007, Steve and his wife Jennifer found themselves in a position that I think many couples face. Jennifer found out that she was pregnant, and with their growing family came greater financial concerns. Neither Steve nor Jennifer were happy with their jobs. They felt stuck in a routine of complacency. You know, dragging yourself out of bed, going to work, coming home, watching TV, going to sleep, repeat. But with news of their baby, Steve became motivated to take charge of his life and provide better financial security for his family, especially knowing that his wife wanted to quit her job to become a stay-at-home parent. So he and Jennifer had to find a way to replace her six-figure income, and they created a company called Bumblebee Linens. It's an online store uh, for linens for special occasions. I asked Steve what brought this on. And the success of the business allowed Jennifer to ultimately become the stay-at-home mom that she wanted to be, still able to provide for her family while Steve kept his day job. 
Steve is a graduate of Stanford, and he's got a bachelor's and master's in electrical engineering, and he currently works for a startup company in Silicon Valley. He runs the site MyWifeQuitHerJob.com, and there he chronicles their ongoing journey. And I know Steve personally. I've met him at conferences. I have interviewed him in the past for other writing, my book, in fact, and so really excited to bring Steve on the podcast. He himself also a podcast host. The show he hosts is called My Wife Quit Her Job. It's very popular. I encourage you to check it out. Uh, Three takeaways from our conversation with Steve. First, how he advances his business by devoting one day per week to planning for the future. I found this really remarkable. It's something that is akin to what we know Google has done in the past. They have their 20% um, kind of creative time um, where they allow their employees or used to allow their employees to dedicate 20% of their work time to enterprising ideas and thinking outside the box. And Steve kind of does this with his own business. He dedicates one day a week to thinking ahead and planning. And from that, has uh, he's developed many great ideas and business ideas. We also talk about Bumblebee Linens. You know, what brought this on? How did it uh, transpire? What, uh, what lessons do they learn from that business? And it continues to be their main source of income. And how Steve finds his audience and clients for his online course. And this was very interesting to me because as somebody who is examining the online info product space, I'm thinking about maybe doing something on my own. I had a lot of questions for Steve about how does he actually curate that audience and get the clients and be successful with that. So he gives a lot of interesting um, insights as well on that front. So lots of territory covered with Steve Chu. Without further ado, here we go. Enjoy the interview. Steve Chu, welcome to So Money. A pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Farnish. You are the founder of the website My Wife Quit Her Job. My wife, not my husband, my wife quit her job. Uh, so very curious. Let's start there. What was the genesis for this for this blog? Yeah, so so the reason it's called my wife quit her job was because way back in the day my wife hated her job. And when we got married, she told me that when she when we were going to have our first child, she was going to quit her job. And so a couple of years after marriage that happened and at the time she was making six figures and we really needed her income in order to get a house in a good school district and that sort of thing. So we decided to create our own online business together. And it did well. And uh, I started blogging about it, and that's where the name came from. So Bumblebee Linens, right? That's correct. That's the Why, how, where did you get that idea? Completely random. Uh, and again, it, it kind of stemmed from our wedding. Uh, so we, so uh, quick intro, we sell linens for the wedding industry. And typically, our main product is handkerchiefs. And the way that happened was back in the day when we first got engaged, uh, my wife knew she was going to cry at our wedding. And she didn't want to be, we paid a lot for photography, right? And so she didn't want to be seeing the photos uh, carrying around this nasty tissue to dry her tears. So we were looking for a handkerchief. And we looked everywhere. We could not find one. And then we found this place in Asia. But we had to buy a hundred, you know, hundreds in order to, because it was a manufacturer. Couldn't you just go to a store and get a piece of fabric? You would think that, but we wanted a handkerchief that had a very soft material, and we also wanted our initials embroidered on it, Mm -hmm. and there was no place that did that. 
So what ended up happening is we ordered, I think, 240 or so handkerchiefs from China, used only a couple, and then we sold the rest on eBay, and then they sold like hotcakes. So when it came time for us to, uh, you know, when my wife wanted to quit and we wanted to start our business, we kind of got back in touch with that vendor and then uh, created our own online store. Wow. And how, so you have a few revenue streams. What percentage of your overall revenue is Bumblebee Linens right now? You mean total household income? Yeah. I would say most of the revenue is, is from Bumblebee Linens. All right. Yeah. How about that? You are a, an electrical engineering master's from Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Doing nothing I, in electrical engineering. No, that's not true. I still work my day job. Still work your day job. Ooh, sorry. I do. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, that's a question I commonly get asked. Okay, actually. Why so I'm not the only working? one. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm looking at your bio, I'm looking at your site, I've met you. Um, at conferences. So never would have occurred to me that you are still working out. How do you have time to be doing all these things? You know, so it's, it's actually not that bad. So I, I run four, I, let's see, four main things. I got the online store, which my wife actually handles most of the day to day. Now we got a couple of employees in a warehouse. So that's, I, I only take care of all the tech stuff and all the marketing sort of related tasks. And then I have the blog, which really only, I only write once a week. And for my podcast, I only interview someone once a week. And so it's actually not that much time. I would say eight to 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How, and now how many children do you have? I have two children. Okay. So you've grown the yeah. family. So what's next? What is next? Good question. So, so all the businesses make more than my day job. So I think what I'm going to do eventually is I want to create some sort of hardware software device some sort of startup in that realm. Cause I really don't want to give up the engineering mm. and that's why I kind of still work my job. Plus the job gives the benefits and 401k I would imagine. Yeah. But those things aren't that big of a deal. Like I would say the day job is probably one fourth of the, or one fifth of the whole household revenue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can get health insurance pretty easily these days. But is it as good I was just having this conversation with someone the other day. Like, I don't know. I'm not on Obamacare. I don't, I, I, I'm on my husband's health insurance, Blue Cross, mm-hmm. Blue Shield. It's very robust. Uh, I don't know I'm, if we would get a similar experience buying it off the marketplace. I guess it just depends on how much you're willing to pay and, yes. you know, what coverages you want. But yes, it will be more expensive since you won't have that collective mm-hmm. bargaining, right? Involved. Correct. Yeah. All right, Steve. So uh, congratulations. I mean, this was a true example of a a business born out of a a necessity. You know, your wife wanted some handkerchiefs and (laughs) um, and she you were able to, uh, I guess, I don't know, would you call it luck? Just, you know, some of it's opportunity. Um, There's a lot of luck involved, like just the whole online store thing. This was way back in 2006, 2007. And they didn't have a whole lot of services that helped you to this. And I just happened to have a good friend who had just launched a store. And he showed me, like, some of the ropes, so to speak. And in terms of just getting early customers, I just happened to have my brother-in-law who worked at Google. Oh, it just happened. Yes. And, you know, Google's right down the street from where I live, actually. But uh, he was like, hey, you know, you should try this advertising called Google AdWords. And I tried it, and it worked. Wow. So, that was 2006, though. That like maybe that you'd, have, to, you'd yeah. have to buy a few Facebook ads today if you really wanted to uh, get some people uh, over here. I don't know. It seems know, like Facebook ads is where it's at. It really depends on what you're trying to promote. And 
you know, for AdWords and all the cost per click related services that Google provides, provi- um, brings in about 30% of the revenue for the store. Wow. And so it really depends. I mean, there's a lot of different intricacies on how the different ad platforms work. Are you on Etsy? I'm not on Etsy. It seems like a perfect thing for Etsy. Uh, you have to pick your marketplaces. So right now we have our own online store and we're on Amazon. Mm. And I would say that the most important thing is to have your own website, obviously, right? Because you're in full control. It's really hard to get visibility on Etsy, actually. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Steve, what's your number one financial philosophy? Uh, that's a good question. So I always try to focus more on making more money as opposed to saving it. Although we don't really spend that much money to begin with. I only tend to spend money on stuff that'll make me happy in the long term. Mm-hmm. Like what? Stuff like uh, family vacations. I tend not to buy that many things, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but yeah, things that will experiences mainly, I guess, is, is where I And you just got on. back from vac- vacation. Where did you guys go? We went down to San Diego. We went to SeaWorld. Um, Legoland? So- we did not go to Legoland this time. Much to your chagrin, I'm sure. <laughs> you have two daughters? I have a daughter and a son. A daughter and a son, okay. Yeah. Um, I know we're, 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 we're definitely going to be going out to San Diego for Legoland. It's in my future. I have a son and a husband that are, well, my husband's like, he still has his Legos from when he was born, when he was a kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, your son's still a bit young, right? He's still, yeah, he can't even walk. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, but it's but as soon as he can, I'm sure. And his first word will probably be Lego um, at this point. Uh, what would you say? I, I, I don't know much about your upbringing, Steve. And I, so I'm curious. My next question that I like to ask guests. And by the way, I forgot to send you the questions. So listeners, Steve is answering this completely off the top of his head. All of his questions, and he's doing really great. So what would okay. you say? I, I, I should know my background pretty well. Yeah, I, I told you, <laughs> this is not hardball. And a lot of these questions you'll, you'll know have the answers to. What would you say is a pivotal experience growing up as a kid that was a money memory? You know, an experience that has something to do with money, where now as an adult, you look back and you think, wow, that was, that explains a few things. Yeah. So here's an interesting one. Uh, so instead of giving me an allowance as a kid, Uh, My parents used to give me shares of stock. So I would do well in school or something like that, and my mom would buy me like a share of Microsoft or something like that. Are you serious? Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Maryland. Okay. Were your parents big investors? They really got into it, actually, uh, early on. You know, way back in the day when you couldn't do it online, you had to call the orders in and that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, that's one thing they did for me. And it turns out that that stock, you know, just a couple of shares every time of Microsoft. And, you know, it it split a lot of times over the years during the height of when Microsoft was really, really big. And that stock actually was instrumental in helping to pay for my education. So I went to Stanford, which is really expensive. And it actually taught me to kind of get into investing a little bit. Were you kind of bummed that your mom gave you shares of stock? I mean, most kids would rather have money or things or... Very Candy. bummed. <laughs> you got Very sh- bummed. And, you know, instead of money and whatnot, I got these little pieces of paper. They actually used to print stock certificates back. I, maybe they still do, but we'd have these stock certificates and they were like, see? And I was like, you know, what am I going to do with this thing? And then you went to Stanford. <laughs> so that was good. That was a good ending. Uh, what would you say is your biggest financial failure? I have a feeling you're not going to have one, but 
But think hard. Maybe there was a moment where you were like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that or that was dumb. I mean, I can talk about a couple of things, which is kind of shaped my investing strategy. You know, back during the boom, the first boom back in the late 90s, uh, I felt like everything I bought was was turning to gold. And and turns out it happened to everybody, right? And I kind of got on the bandwagon and I ended up losing a lot of what I had made during that period as as a lot of people did. And so these days, I take that failure and I've, I've kind of shifted my entire investment strategy as a result of that. Now, these days, I kind of hold a lot of money on the sidelines and I wait for something bad to happen and then <laughs> then I start buying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Warren Buffett, I think, says, you know, you got to run to the forest or to the woods when everyone's leaving and running away. You got to really... Um, find those moments. And there are plenty of those moments, as it turns out. Unfortunately, fortunately. You just have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And not be afraid. Yep. Okay. Success. Your most successful money moment, your so money moment. What happened? Take us there. How did you feel? Okay. Just one particular moment. Um, I guess there's one that's in my recent memory. Um, it was a month ago and I did $44,000 in a day selling my class. That was pretty exciting for me. What is your class? It's a class that teaches people how to start their own online store. So the logical progression is my wife and I started a store. I started blogging about it. People started asking me for training. And then I created a training for it, essentially. And how does that... So I'm curious. I'm, I'm really interested like learning more about info products and digital. Is it a live course or is it a series of webinars? How does it yeah. work? Yeah. Um, it's a membership site mm-hmm. and, you know, people pay money and they're pointed to a repository of videos. And I also give weekly a live webinar. And how do you find people to buy the product? Uh, people mainly find me through the blog. Hmm. So 44,000, that's, that's very impressive. How many, what's the price point of this product? So how many are you selling? So back, back then it was $800. And now it's actually at a thousand, but it has about twelve hundred students in there. Oh my gosh, that would seem to be more than forty four thousand dollars to me. But oh, I didn't. Uh, that's no, over that's time. over time. I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. I'm like, wait, I'm that not number was at just math, a but... one day. It was just a one day thing that I, I mentioned. Congratulations! Yeah. How yeah. often do you offer this course? Is it ongoing? It's evergreen. It's yeah. always open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for you. I'm inspired. What would you say are some resources for me to read or learn from as I'm about to embark on my own launch? Not just yet, but eventually I'd like to do a digital product. So it just depends. What what are you launching? Well, not to get too detailed, but essentially it is like you teaching people what I know, uh, not necessarily the personal finance stuff, but I know how to launch a book Mm -hmm. to have it create a business for yourself and a brand and a platform, speaking engagements. Basically, remember that speech I gave at FinCon last year on how to build a brand and a business around a book? Uh So my clients would ideally be authors or authors-to-be who are interested in bringing a book to market or having just brought a book to market, but really leveraging that book to establish a, 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 a greater career for themselves, not necessarily just to get bestseller status, although that is one of the things we will work on, but mm-hmm. really to use that book as their uh, as their business card of sorts to get them speaking and partnerships and another book and all sorts of great stuff like that. 
I mean, for you, I think it's going to be pretty easy because you already have the platform. You've got a podcast. You got a blog. You've been on TV multiple times. You I got to systemize so. it, though, Steve. I got to get. I got to like figure out what what's the path. You know, I got to connect those dots. And I can tell you how I do it real briefly. So I have this autoresponder sequence. It's about thirty emails long. So people will sign on. Uh, I, I typically give away a mini course on how to start an online store, and I. For the first 10 or so emails in that sequence, I teach people how to do it step-by-step step with videos. And then the rest of the sequence kind of goes into some of the more psychological factors about starting a business and that sort of thing. And so people sign on. And over time, people get really excited about starting their own business and they decide to sign on when they're interested in learning more. Gotcha. So you cultivate that client base with 30 or so emails mm -hmm. of just giving them free, 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 rich resources and information. And then they're like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And then they buy. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a little more to it also than just teaching. There's, there's also the aspect of telling your story and, and people getting to know you as a person and mm -hmm. kind of liking you or, or liking your story and wanting to learn from you because there's a lot of different places where you can get the same or similar information. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. That's good. I'm going to have to study your you're, uh, I might sign up for that and learn and be a passive <laughs> learner. Okay. Uh, what would you say, Steve, is a habit that you have that correlates to your financial well-being? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the money that we bring in is obviously through the businesses. And one thing that I like to do is I always devote one day towards advancing the business. So as, as a lot of you who run businesses probably know, there's a lot of tasks in just the upkeep. Like There's a bunch of tasks every week that you just have to do just to keep your head above water. Mm -hmm. But I make sure to devote at least one day to move forward, right? Like new things that will grow the business or new ad platforms in the, in the case of like our business or new products and that sort of thing. And so that way the businesses always make forward progress. Sometimes it might be slow progress, but it always goes forward. That reminds me of the 20% rule at Google, the time, uh, they don't have it anymore, but the idea that 20% of your time should be spent on thinking about new projects, new businesses, inventing things, being creative. Uh, and that, that rule had, has led to things like, um, I think the Google calendar, like, it, you know, things like that have been born out of allowing their employees to be free and creative and free roaming for at least 20% of their time on, on the job. And it sounds kind of like you're doing that for yourself too. It's like you're committing to, you're scheduling in a day a month to dedicate your time and your ideas to moving the needle forward. Yeah. It's actually a day every week. Actually. Oh, every week. Sorry. Yeah. 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 And what, what sort of things have been born out of that for you? I mean, that's the only way I make progress, to be honest with you. So on that day, I just drop all the emails and all the sort of maintenance tasks. So let's see, the podcast came out of that. Um, all the things I read about in the blog, all the new things that I try with the online store and growing it all come out of that one day where I, where I advance the business. So pretty much everything that's non-maintenance related can be attributed to that day. All right. I'm, you're inspiring me. I'm going to see if I can do that. Let's do some so money fill in the blank, Steve. If you're sure. uh, not familiar with this, this is when I start a sentence and you finish it. First thing that comes to mind. Okay. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say $100 million, the first thing I would do is? 
I would donate it. All in almost, it. Almost, almost. So here's my philosophy. It's kind of weird, but I think the lottery just causes nothing but trouble. <laughs> like large sums of money like mm-hmm. that just cause nothing but trouble. Um, so it's like playing a video game. When, when I used to play these RPGs growing up, those are role-playing games, and you used to get all this money uh, in this game. It sounds really geeky, I know, but you'd start appreciating the money a lot less. Whereas all the money that you work for, you tend to you tend to appreciate a lot more. So I, I wouldn't give away it all, but I would probably give a lot of it away to charity and to some of my family and friends, and then I would just keep a small amount, maybe to get a house or, or, or for a travel or something like that. And then, um, you know, cause the businesses right now make enough money to make me happy. And I feel like I I've earned all those dollars, mm-hmm. which make them much more meaningful to me. That is the first time on the history of so money that someone has said I would give away pretty much all of it. <laughs> so what, what are your most common answers? Uh, I mean, I people would say I would travel, I, I, buy a second home. I would, you know, people have said I would start a charity, um, but they would have money left over for things as well. So my hat's off to you, sir. It's funny because my wife and I have this conversation all the time because she likes to she likes to think about you know playing the lottery and that sort of thing. And I, I just personally don't agree with it. Yeah. No, I mean I would never yeah. play the lottery. Um, but I, winning the lottery. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, if someone wants to give me the lottery winnings <laughs> without having me pay for a scratch ticket or a ticket. Um, yeah, but I see, I totally know what you're saying. The one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is? Uh, let's see. I spend a lot of money on automation. That makes my life a lot easier. So mm-hmm. that email sequence that we talked about is one example where a computer takes care of everything. Our whole online store is an example. Um, let's see. Some other things I really love are the, the cleaner that mm-hmm. cleans our house. That makes my wife happy, which makes me happy. Happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Exactly. All good answers. My biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is? Ah, guilty pleasure. It used to be electronics, but I've kind of curbed that down a little bit. Um, I don't really have any guilty pleasures. Food. 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 I spend a lot of money on food, going out to eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's And you are in Silicon Valley, right? We are. There's lots of good food here. Yes. Yeah. One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is? One thing I wish I knew was that um, when you work in a day job, you're actually really limiting your pay compared to the people who have their own businesses. If I had started this in my 20s, I would be all powerful today. But I started really late, unfortunately. True, but maybe you would have made a lot of mistakes in your twenties, and not that mistakes are bad, but maybe it would you would have you wouldn't have been so ready to hit the ground running. So you so maybe it all evened out. I don't know. I feel like it's like a time game, right? When you're trying to build an audience and that sort of thing, it's just yeah. a matter of time. As true. long as you're consistent about it, right? If you're that is true. If your goal is really to build an email list and a community, of course, the sooner you do it, the, the just time is on your side. Mm-hmm. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because? I like to give to the Cancer Society. Um, so my wife's mom actually passed away of cancer. So we tend to donate a lot to that. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And I'm so money because? <laughs> I'm so money because 
I'm actually really happy with where I'm at. I got a great family. Mm -hmm. We spent a lot of time together and money is not our number one concern. That would be so money. I would say that qualifies. Steve, thank you so much for joining me. Will you be at FinCon 15? I will. All right. I I can't wait. I'll see you there. And uh, again, really thanks for joining us today. uh, And we wish you the best of luck with everything. Continued success. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Farnoosh. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Steve Chu, his website is mywifequitherjob.com. And he's on Twitter at MyWifeQuit. We've got all this info at SoMoneyPodcast.com. There you can also check out the transcript from this interview as well as the comments. And there, while you're perusing the website, if you've got a question for me about anything, mostly if it's about money, but also I tend to steer questions about career and family and life, hop on to uh, Ask Farnoosh, that little widget that I've created on SoMoneyPodcast.com. Click on that and ask away. And it goes right into my inbox. And I typically answer that weekend, if not the following weekend. So stay tuned for your answer on Saturday or Sunday. And if you want a free 15-minute, 15-minute money session with me, go to iTunes, leave a review. And every Saturday, I select one new reviewer to receive a free 15-minute money session with me. This is turning out to be a lot of fun for me. I love connecting with y'all, putting a face to the listeners, and learning more about what is going on in your personal lives. Not because I'm particularly nosy, although it is very interesting, Um, because I just, you know, I like connecting with you on that level. I feel as though this podcast can be very intimate. You know, I get I go deep. I go there with my guests. And I think you guys uh, come along with that journey. And for those of you who have been very dedicated from the beginning, I want to give back to you. And for those who uh, have been leaving reviews, I want to reward you and thank you. And so also new listeners, if you're listening to this for the first time and thinking, oh, I, I would like to connect with Farnoosh, leave a review on iTunes and hopefully we will connect. So... Uh, thank you in advance and thank you to my guest Steve Chu and for you for joining us hope to see you right back here tomorrow and in the meantime I hope your day is so money so money